I was the guy that, you know, you go to like a, a party or something and you're just, you're asking them questions, hoping that they ask you what you do, <laughs> you know, like, oh my God. and you're like, what do you do? And they're like, well, I'm a banker. And you know, you're just hoping that they ask you, I'm a fireman, you know, like it was, a, it was a sense of pride that I had because the, what we do, it's like, it's hard work. We're yeah. serving the community. There's not too many people that actually want to do it because it's dangerous. Right. I loved it. Right. And it was a part of my identity. So releasing that control to, you know, just submit to God's will for my life. But then coming back here and being like, I'm going to be a real estate guy. And then people ask you, yeah, what do you do? And you're like, I'm a janitor. I'm a janitor. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, no. Welcome to the Not Genius Podcast. My name is Jesse. My name is Josh. And still, we are in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're actually in Concord. Concord or Concord? Concord. Oh, Concord. we're in Concord, North Carolina. I was about to say Massachusetts. But we're in North Carolina with Josh Swart. Dude, I met this guy earlier this week on Monday at the Collective Genius Mastermind, and he let us stay over the night on, which was Friday night. Oh, Friday night? No, Thursday, Thursday night. night. Thursday night. Wow, Thursday that's night, amazing, yeah. dude. So thank you so much for your yeah, generosity. Thank you. Yeah, dude, no problem. Really appreciate having you here. So right before this podcast, I was just typing in Josh Swart on YouTube, trying to un- get to know you a little bit better, trying to see if you've been on any other oh, no. podcasts and. Uh, we found some tea. And what did you find? No, I'm just no. kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're on a, another guy's podcast for like, it was like a 20 minute podcast. And like he had um, posted some of your social media, which was LinkedIn, Instagram. And I saw that you were a surfer, seeing that you've been a firefighter, a general contractor in the past, as well as real estate developer or investor plus marketing firm business owner like it's crazy it, it sounds, sounds like, like it's all over the place there is like a linear progression though and so. I, I can't even tell how old you are and you have f- four kids that's yeah, crazy i'm 30 okay so that's amazing it the mustache may like make it seem a little bit older in the mullet in the mullet Dude. i don't know well, well no I, see that's a, the mullet like almost makes you makes me want to say you're like 25 there you go but then Dude, and the, but then the mustache is like <laughs> and, then, and then the kids is like what the heck <laughs> But that's super amazing, dude. Um, I really just want to get to know you better and know, like, what's your origin story. Tell us more about yourself because for 30 years old, you lived a lot of life. And honestly, Josh is also a surfer. And, like, oh, nice. it said that you did, you've done CrossFit. I'm not sure you're still doing CrossFit, but mm-hmm. I just started doing CrossFit this past February. So I'm like, well, nice. there's a lot of things we can connect about. Yeah. CrossFit has been a huge part of my story for probably – a little over the last 10 years. So that definitely ties into a lot of it. But where do you, I mean, you want to like start at the beginning? Yeah, like, sure. Yeah. Are, you, are you from uh, Concord? Or? I'm not. Okay. So I grew up in California. Uh, my family are immigrants from South Africa. So both my parents came when they were younger and got married and then grew up until I was about 13. Then we moved to Kansas City and basically went to private school the school thing was just like not my thing. I did not fit in with the, the call it the identity of what like that private school wanted me to fit into. Mm. And, um, just really started to resent school and found myself enjoying like the workplace a little bit more. So started working from when I was really young, uh, for different investors in that Kansas city market. So starting from the point of being a, just laborer on a job site up until the point of managing rehab crews for um, another investor that was in that market. So my whole life 
up until um, going through school, I wanted to be a firefighter. Like that was like my thing. Um, so I set my sights on that and spent a good amount of time going through school, volunteering to finally land uh, what would be considered my dream job, working in the fire service and did that for three years. So I'd work full time, 24 hour shifts. I would come home in the morning, basically have breakfast, change, and then go be working, managing a rehab crew for the next full day, come home, sleep, go work 24 hours. And it was just this endless cycle of working nonstop. And throughout that whole time, I'd been doing CrossFit. That was a big, uh, way that I got into the fire service. Cause there were some guys at my gym that worked at the, the department that I was trying to get a part of. And yeah, I just really fell in love with fitness and, uh, was pretty good at CrossFit. I mean, yeah. all things considered. And about two years into my career, I just started having this like uneasy feeling like I'm kind of just sitting here at this station and my life is like passing me by, you know, you're kind of just a number on the, uh, the roster and there's probably a bunch of other guys that could be doing this just as good or better than I am. And even though I kind of reached that, like, I've got my dream job, this thing that I've been working for for so long, I just had this, like, dissatisfaction with it, you know? Really? Yeah. So during that time, met my wife. We got married. That's a whole nother crazy story for another time. I think I'm. you maybe been cued in on it for some of it when we were talking at The Collective Genius, but... Um, her family, her parents worked for IBM. They were executives. They lived, uh, overseas for a couple of years in India. And so she was there with them at that time. She fell in love with people. She spent a ton of time at a children's home. And so when we were married, she said, you know, we got to go back to India. That was like top priority for her. She wanted me to experience what she experienced. So about that two and a half year mark into the fire service, I was like, all right, we're going to go take a trip. So it took about two weeks off, went over there and it was just a all out like attack on your senses, completely wow. different experience than what I've used to. And crazy thing is while we were there, there were two different opportunities that we were both presented with. And one of them was a gentleman that I met. He wanted to start a gym that kind of was an environment that, uh, was ripe for sharing the gospel and things like that. Because in India, it's a really closed off country. Yeah. We're Christians. We're, we're really passionate about, um, what God has done in our lives. And we want to be able to share that with others as well. So she was offered a job. She was a hairstylist at the time I was offered a job and I was like, you know what? We're young. This is sounds like the adventure of a lifetime. So we, we did it. We jumped on it. Spent two years over there. I started a CrossFit gym from the ground up and about that two year mark started to get that unsettling feeling again. Like I think this time's coming to an end during that time. We had our first kid. It was just wild, just a wild time in India, in India. Yeah. Well, one of your kids is born in India. Yeah. My oldest. So dude, again, the thing you pray and you're like, God, I think I'm ready to go back home. And this guy walks into the gym, just starts working out, joins the community. Eventually he took over the gym and he's still running it today, which is like just so cool to see him really thriving and taking it to a level that I could never do. You know, he's on CrossFit seminar staff traveling. 
they've got trainings that are there. Like it's just really, really cool to watch him do that. So, but the cool thing is during that time is like I mentioned before, I just worked constantly just working for 24 hours and then working in the rehab space. I really had time to sit back and think about what I wanted to do once I came back to the States and real estate had always been something that was intriguing to me. So I really started to dive into books, like reading, listening to podcasts. I found bigger pockets at that time and just ate it up. Like I wasn't a good student, but that was like my college education was those years in business, learning about real estate, came back here to the States. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start a real estate investment company and just floundered for about two or three years. But then, um, beginning of 2020 is when I went full-time into it and it's been just bananas ever since. Wow. You've only been in real estate since 2020. I, I started my company in 2017. So I was okay. doing some investments and stuff, but mm -hmm. full-time like on my own is since 2020. Yeah. Beginning of 2020. Dude, that's so freaking amazing because to hear, you know, okay, your oldest kid is six years old and you're 30 years old. So dating back to like 24 and then before then you know living in india yeah. essentially so you, that was your early 20s you're taking so many different leaps of faith and doing so many adventurous things and really taking it very seriously of you know what's the worst that could happen if yeah. this all crumbles down in my yeah. 20s like that's so crazy there's 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 different language for it obviously mm -hmm. you know in my relationship with God, like that's my priority, right? So everything that I do in life is viewed through that lens. And so when there's something that God puts before you, you would be in disobedience if you said no, yeah. you know, yeah, right? Yeah. So like, who knows what would happen if I was like, nah, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable here with this job. But like, to look back and see from that moment on now, like, there's so many amazing things that God did to put me where I am right now, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to be doing what I'm doing, to have the team that's with me, the community that we're involved in. It's just, it's spectacular really. So, okay. yeah. So could you share with us a little bit about like your faith journey and how did you develop it to the point that you literally trust God with your life going to India with your wife, right? Yeah. That's just so crazy to, to have that type of faith, right? Yeah. And that type of calling not a lot of people would put like this voice in their head as a top priority. Yeah. Right. I'll, I'll tell you this. There's so many people that I know that their, their definition of religion or the gospel or Christianity is, is centered around an individual, right? It's yeah. a ministry. It's a pastor. It's a specific book or some, you know, Instagram mentor, right? And we're all humans, right? We're all, that sin nature is deep inside of us. We're all prone to failure. But when you really take ownership of your faith, where you're reading the Bible yourself, you're developing your own relationship with God and, and like developing that over time. And it just naturally progresses to where like, you know, your relationship with your wife, like, you know, I know you're married. I don't know if you're, you're not, not married, no. but like, I love my life, my wife, like, with like my whole heart, right? I'll do anything for her, right? It's that same thing, right? You develop that love for God and and you understand his word. So you 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 take those steps to make it a a something that you do every single day and it just comes naturally, right? Like if if he says, "Hey, I'm I'm paving the way for you to do this." I don't want to I don't want to disappoint him, right? Um 
But the cool thing is, is there's other pieces of my testimony in that is in 2017, the very first house that I flipped, I was trying to make my own way of networking with all of these, you know, high net worth individuals here that I know, you know, the small community that I had at that time. I'm like, Hey, you've got money. You want to invest in this house? (laughs) So all of these people that I would talk to were just like, there's no meat on the bones. It's not going to work. There's just no way that I'm going to invest money in this. And I'm like, dang, you know, it comes down to the week of closing and I'm in this house and I'm pacing and I'm praying. I'm like, God, I know that this is like the right thing. This is the, the path that you have me on. I know you didn't bring me to this point to fail. Like just make a way, like help me out. And I kid you not, it make it gives me like goosebumps every time I tell this story. The house was $68,000. just yeah. It was cheap, right? A guy calls who was friends with my brother. I had surfed with him one time. Yeah. Really great dude. He's like, hey, I know you guys are doing real estate out in North Carolina. Uh, we've got some money that we want to invest. It's not a lot. It's only $68,000. Wow. Do you have something that you can put it to work with? And I'm like, y- yeah, obviously. You know, I'm talking with my brother and, you know, trying to get things worked out. You know, you play it cool, like, yeah, you know, we'll try to, (laughs) but down inside, I'm like, that's, that's a testimony to like, to marrying business with, with my relationship with God. Right. You know, you think like, you know, you go to work, you go to church and those two things are separate, but like, dude, everything for me is just married together. So it's pretty cool to see God at work. And and we continue to see an opportunity to be a blessing to our community with that, Um, which that's part of our company motto is to be a blessing to our community by um investing in real estate so wow now were you like raised in a christian family or did you find it on your own and were you always like like what was the turning point in your i guess relationship with god where you decided to like fully commit and was it like something that was bad and then you like decided to go back to it or Mm -hmm. Was it just like blessing after blessing and you're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I grew up in a Christian family, but I'd never really like owned my faith until I was a teenager. Um, that, that, that move from California to Kansas city that my you know, parents moved us out there. I, I came kicking and screaming. I just did not want to leave my, my friends and my family that was there. And if it wasn't for that, I would never would have been in an environment to develop my own, uh, relationship with God and being involved in youth group. There's just some really great, um, opportunities that I had to be around and surrounded with other believers that, yeah, man, it just kind of happened naturally. So that was, I was probably in like 14, 15 when I really started to take ownership of my own faith and my own walk with the Lord to where I was, you know, reading the word on my own. And it wasn't something that was my parents. Yeah. So, and it definitely wasn't just like blessing after blessing, you know, like I've been, I've been, I've been a janitor, right? Like Mm -hmm. that first year when we moved back to North Carolina, we moved to North Carolina, you know, I come back and I'm like, I'm going to be this real estate guy, real estate mogul. You have all these high hopes, but the only job that I could get was a janitor at a gym. Wow. And for an entire year, like that was, that was it. I, would try to apply at other jobs, just sending out my resume everywhere and nothing. It's humbling. It's super humbling, <laughs> you know, because you think like, I'm better than this. I'm better than this. I deserve more than this. But 
there's there's very specific relationships that I have right now in business that I would not have if I wasn't that janitor yeah. for the, a year. Mm-hmm. So, dude, my my whole I hold my life with an open hand like this, right? I'm a good try to be a good steward of wherever I am, but ultimately God's in control. So, yeah, when you say you hold your life with an open hand, what do you mean? My my career in the fire service was all I wanted mm. with my life. I was on that trajectory. I was like, I want to be a captain. I want to be a tech rescue specialist. I want to be a part of like the top department in the country. And to walk away from that, I sat in my battalion chief's office, like cried my eyes out, could not get any words out of my mouth because it was like, there was this dream that I had that was dying, but holding with an open hand was like kind of releasing my control over it, knowing that God had something better for us that next step. You know, so yeah. that's that's what I mean. Yeah, no, I've heard the open palm metaphor before as well. When I was in college doing uh, Christian ministry, one of my mentors was just like, "Hey, hold life with an open palm because God gives and takes away different opportunities, mm-hmm. and you just gotta be okay with whatever comes into your life, and you can't expect it to stay there forever because He creates different chapters for your life to teach you different things. Yeah, in order to show you like His goodness, His grace, His mercy." in different chapters absolutely so it's it's humbling it and i needed it like Mm. i was pretty prideful about my job and i was the guy that you know you go to like a a party or something and you're just you're asking them questions hoping that they ask you what (laughs) you do you know like oh my god and you're like what do you do and they're like well i'm a banker and you know you're just hoping that they ask you i'm a fireman you know like it was it was a sense of pride that i had because the what we do it's like it's hard work we're serving the community there's not too many people that actually want to do it because it's dangerous right i loved it right and it was a part of my identity so releasing that control to you know just submit to god's will for my life but then coming back here and being like, I'm going to be a real estate guy. And then people ask you, you know, what do you do? And you're like, I'm a janitor. I'm a janitor. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> but the, there's a beauty in that because even though I don't know how many jobs it can get much lower than that, like you're a janitor, but I was, I had to really like swallow my pride and be like, you know what? I'm going to be the best janitor that this gym has ever seen. And to really take my job role seriously and be like, you know, this, my work is worship and is that okay? You're good. But you're saying your work was worship. Yeah. To take seriously, like my work is worship and you know what, this is where I'm at and I'm going to be the best freaking janitor that this gym has ever seen. So, you know, toilets are spotless, (laughs) you know, maintenance jobs are taken care of. And, uh, yeah. So dude, I love how humble of a beginning or background that you come from going to different peaks and valleys yeah. going up and down yeah and then finding yourself you know being a janitor but then going progressing along the journey to you know doing real estate developing real estate doing really big things making really big relationships going to really big places how do you sustain you know keeping a level head and being humble even when you got back to really high highs right yeah and still holding those lessons that you learn when being a janitor and applying them so you could be, you know, a humble servant, you know, in your leadership style. Yeah. Honestly, sometimes I don't feel like I do it well. Um, but just knowing that starting from the bottom and how in a moment 
that can all be taken away. Yeah. Like even now, you know, the market's, you know, shifting a little bit and there's so many people that I know that in 2008, 2007, 2008, they just got wiped out doing, doing what we do. And that's the kind of stuff that keeps you humble. Right. Yeah. Also, you know, my bank account balance will be up and I'll be like, yeah, I'm doing good. And then it's, you know, we, we pour into a bunch of different investments and then, you know, it's a really tight couple months. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there's a, yeah, this is constant wild ride of trying to stay humble and do, do well. Um, but also recognize like, Hey, I, you know, God's brought me here for a reason and it's not to give myself glory. Right. Yeah. So so how's your relationship with your wife been through the highs and the lows having her alongside you? Like what role does she play in all of this? I'll tell you what, she is, she's a saint. She is, she's amazing because she, she believed in me like nonstop throughout the whole thing. And, um, she's like my sounding board to everything that I'm going through in business. You know, she's, she's there listening and Sometimes I don't feel like she understands exactly like the full picture of what we're, what we're going through. But, um, yeah, man, there's, there was never a moment where she was like, maybe you should consider doing this or to have a little bit more stable income. It was like, she, she believed in me through and through and to have a supportive wife like that in an industry where you're like an entrepreneur and there's peaks and valleys, it's been it's been awesome to have that like solid rock that I can rely on. Yeah. How do you balance like work life and family? I know like there's no one direct answer and I'm sure there are days where it's like not balanced at all, but like how, how do you get around to doing that? This is like a really painful topic right now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I work from home and I've got four kids and you know, family that I love being around and part of that is you create margin to be able to prioritize the things that you want to prioritize. And what I mean by that is rather than me just sleeping in until seven or eight in the morning and then, you know, meandering into the gym and then just, I, I get up at four in the morning, I do my devotion time, I go work out at five, I come home at, home at six and I'm there in the morning with the family for breakfast and then I'm like, you know, 8, 8.30, I'm starting work, right? And fortunately for me, I've built a team around that kind of fills in the gaps where I'm able to create my schedule to prioritize the things I want to prioritize, whether that be family or, you know, I've got, I'm in a volleyball league every week, right? Like, oh, I enjoy really? that, right? I'm not yeah, going to... That's awesome. I don't want to just be working like a dog until the day I die and not be able to enjoy life and enjoy, you know, our family and friends. So I would love to just be that guy who's like a workaholic. And sometimes I feel like I do because you, you're you an entrepreneur and it feels like you're working all the time, answering emails at odd hours. But um, I feel like for the most part, we got a pretty good balance, but the painful part of that is working from home. Like I've been shopping for an office lately and that's like my next big step is to have a little bit more of like a centralized location for our whole team to work from. So how do you uphold that discipline to like literally wake up at four or five every single day and to do all the things that you want to do and get them done? Was that always like, you know, um, part of you? who you are like just a very disciplined person coming from CrossFit. 
that definitely does create discipline. Um, part of it is that's the only time I can do it. Yeah. yeah. If I, if I want to be selfish and like take time away from my business, take time away from my family, like my kids aren't up at four mm-hmm. or five, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's like, it's one of the best feelings to be, you know, three hours into my morning. I've already, you know, answered some emails, done my devotions, worked out, sitting there at the kitchen table, eating breakfast and drinking coffee. And like the kids are coming downstairs and their hair is all messed up and they're like, you know, walking in and, you know, they come sit on my lap. Like it's awesome. Right. I I can't create that margin any other way. Right. So yeah. And I've got major FOMO too. That the group that I work out in the morning is like really cool. Like, I don't want to, Oh my I don't want to miss out. Right. It's kind of like FOMO too. (laughs) Dude, that must be a really good group. If you're like waking up excited at 4 a.m. and you're like, I can't miss this workout. I don't know if I wake up excited, <laughs> but, <laughs> but but yeah, I enjoy the people that I work out with. It's a good group. So what time do you go to sleep at? I mean, on paper, nine, but most of the time it's like 10, 1030. Okay. Wow. You're yeah. like foreshadowing the life that I want to live, dude. That's freaking amazing because... Just have it's some like, kids, man. It'll yeah, no, I was talking about that with my wife. It's like, dude, if I had... Because, um, you know, Albert from Collective Genius, he plays basketball. He's just, you know, the Asian guy with glasses from Philly. Yeah. Albert was just like, dude, just have some kids. All the all the successful guys dude. at Collective Genius got kids. And once they had those kids, you just can't fail. Yeah. Like, you fail, you fail them. Like, you literally let the yeah, world dude. down. They are literally you what. the world. <laughs> it lights a fire underneath you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Man. wow. Dude, right? same, thing, same thing with Ren. Ran to yeah yeah, yeah he, he literally he like his whole life turned around as soon when as he, he had, had his daughter it was just like night and day and he look yeah. at where he's at now yeah but life is good either way one with the kids one with without the kids life is just different oh it's absolutely. like oh you gotta give yourself some time to live that life with you and your wife yeah and that's what other people have told us and then there's the other narrative where it's just like dude you'd be a lot more successful if you have kids because like <laughs> not that you will instantly be more successful it's like you literally don't have a choice to fail yeah, yeah. that's how you should pitch it to your wife just be like hey we have to have no kid no she wants because i want to be more successful no she wants the kids. she'll tell me if you want to be more successful you know where it's at <laughs> yeah i wouldn't i i would love to go back to that season where it was just christy and i Cause it's just so fun, right? You don't know what you're missing out on, but I also wouldn't trade my life now with kids for anything. It's, it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. And the way that you're working out and I'm assuming, you know, she's also holding herself up as well in yeah. terms of her personal health and fitness. Yeah. Like by the time you guys are in your 50s, you guys are going to feel like in your late thirties or mid thirties. I hope so. And that would yeah. be amazing. You know, she works out hard too. I mean, she, That's she, crazy. She's a she's a beast at CrossFit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she does CrossFit as well. Oh yeah. You should have told me that you do it, man. We could have worked out this morning at five. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know if I will woken yeah. up. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm in a bad this dude, slump this dude's right a, now. This dude's a sleeper. No, I'm in a bad slump right now. Like I'll go to a 7 a.m. workout at my CrossFit gym. I don't have a fire lit underneath me to show up at the five yet. Everyone, That's so funny. Everyone who's there at the five is literally, you know ex-military got kids got a job at like mm-hmm. 8 a.m like yeah there, there's a reason why they're there at five i don't have a reason to be there at five quite yet that's crazy dude if i could i can i can name like specific 
correlations to from CrossFit to either people that I've met that are like just some of the most genuine closest friends that I have business relationships that are just incredible connections that are allowing me to do what I'm doing today. Like I wouldn't have got my job at the fire department if I didn't do CrossFit. Yeah. I wouldn't have gone to India if I didn't do CrossFit. I wouldn't have been at the gym that I'm at now if I didn't do CrossFit. There's, there's a uh, property manager, like the, some, the guy that I build houses with, he, he does CrossFit. Like it's just, it's just crazy the connections that you can make because yeah. most of the people that do it, you don't pay like the average gym memberships, 150 bucks a month. Yeah. That's a pretty Pretty yeah. expensive gym membership. Okay, 160, yeah. Yeah, like you're you're not gonna pay that and subject yourself to <laughs> that sort of mental and physical torture if you don't have some sort of like desire to be disciplined in your life. Yeah. So the the for the most part, the majority of people that you're gonna find at a really good CrossFit gym, they're great people. High quality human beings. High quality people. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Josh tells me all the time about how when he goes to the gym, he talks to the people in the sauna. The sauna is the yeah. place yeah, to Yeah, dude. I've met I've met a lot of people in the sauna. It's the and place, yeah. man. So, yeah, I wanted to ask like, how would I go about networking at the CrossFit gym? Because I go to like a really techno heavy like hardcore um we're called Black Ops Fitness. You know, the nice. guy is ex Marine. Nice. He's like really hardcore his name is Antonio he's an amazing human being was just like yeah it's loud and then okay the volume cranks down towards the beginning of the session and then at the end of the session it cranks down as well but like how do I go about being intentional with building relationships at the CrossFit gym yeah it's really no different than like any other place that you would yeah. do it but show up 10 minutes early mm -hmm. roll yeah talk. you know stretch talk with people while you're doing it if yeah. you see somebody stretching just go sit next to them stretch just ask him like, Hey, you know, introduce yourself and you know, what do you do to ask them about their life and you know, stay after class. There's, we will do like partner workout days. Yeah. Don't just partner with the same person over and over again, but partner with somebody else. Um, there's community events, like get involved in the community that way. But I, I will tell you this is from being a coach and being an owner of a gym, we're always watching. And so people who, one of the biggest, like, reveals of character and it's still to this day is when people cheat at their workouts or they cut reps or they don't do it fully and that's an automatic like disqualifier for me it's like a reveal of character like if you're not doing it the way that you're supposed to do it and you're not you're not going all the way you're not finishing it really tells me a lot about you yeah right so don't be that guy. <laughs> Dang. I'm feeling so cold out right now because I'm on a time crunch. And it's like, oh, I got to spend the extra 20 minutes because I'm slow sometimes. I know. It's not about it's not about like finishing it within the time cap or yeah. finishing it first, right? But like don't put your score up there if that's not your real score. Mm -hmm. You know, don't lie yeah. about your score or your reps or things like that. I mean, that's those are some simple things that definitely count against <laughs> you. But um, but yeah, man, we've, we've made some pretty great connections at through CrossFit. So I'm blessed to be able to find that when i did aside from crossfit where else like and like the people that you meet at your church or your local community group like what else contributes to making you who you are like i'm not sure if i'm framing that properly but um you know how they say you're the average of the top five people that you surround yourself with like mm -hmm. can you talk more a little bit about like who are who uh out of the people within your top five, like the people that you surround yourself with the most, like where do you find those people? And like, 
how do you determine if you're going to spend more time with somebody who aligns with you? I'll be honest. A lot of those circles overlap. Yeah. Um, there are mentors that I've had throughout the years that are, you know, in business, they go to church, they do CrossFit and surprisingly, a lot of those circles like intersect, which is pretty cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot of people that I'm connected with that are like really close friends that are in my top five, like one of my best friends, like we, we're, we do business together, but we also like go surfing together. We go travel together. So it's not just about surrounding myself with like really high performing business people who are like crushing it and like, well, I want to be like that. A lot of it's in this phase of life that I'm in, it's quality of life. It's, it's, we're, we're all pursuing like becoming really good parents and, and striving to be better there, being good fathers and husbands, being excellent at our business. You know, like one of my best, my best friend is like, he breeds golden retrievers and like, really? <laughs> like it's a completely different industry that I'm in, but mm. there's some rules and principles in business that are true in any industry. And, you know, he's really excellent at what he does. And so we can glean from each other and learn from each other and, in those senses. And, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but no, for sure. No, I think I get a good idea. I like when you say that both you guys pursue what you guys do in excellence. I had this conversation with one of my friends, one of my mentors back at home, who was like a mentor to me through Christian ministry in college. And, Mm -hmm. uh, we still hang out to this day. He's telling me, Hey, are you running a, uh, a Christian, are you a Christian doing a Christian business or are you a Christian in business? Yeah. And it's like, it's okay if you're not running a Christian business. Yeah. You know, because that's some of the things where it's just like, uh, you know, me being a younger business owner or me being uh, a Christian in this line of industry, you don't really need to always frame it in a way that, what's it go? I'm doing this. Mm, Yes, I'm doing it for God, but I'm not necessarily like pointing God in everything that I do. Yeah. So it's more so the way that you conduct your business, the way that you yeah. operate in excellence. Yeah. That's what makes it look more like a Christian running a Christian business. Like you look at Chick-fil-A and it's like, does it say everywhere that they're a Christian business? But it's because of the way that they operate, the way that they treat people, the way they hold their core values and yeah. do everything that they do people know that they're Christians. Yeah. Yeah. It's more than just like putting like a, a cross or like one of those fishes <laughs> oh, like yeah. on your, on your yeah. storefront. Like I mentioned earlier, like our work is worship, right? So what yeah. better reflection of the skills and the abilities that God has given us than to do it to the best of our abilities and to do it with excellence. And when you're able to meet somebody's physical needs, yeah, it opens the door to meet the needs that they didn't know that they had, mm-hmm. which sometimes that means praying for somebody and just offering um, advice to them, right? Yeah. There's been many, many times where we're out talking with somebody to buy their house and it's like, hey, I, I'm not I'm not the right guy for you. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think this is gonna be a better outcome. List it with the realtor. And that's going to get you the most bang for your buck. But since I wasn't able to help that, you know, is there anything I can do to pray for you? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Sometimes it's, it's not just trying to get, get, get right. Yeah. 
So you're looking at every situation a little bit differently, but, but yeah, we try to, we try to do everything with excellence and sometimes we're not that great at it, but yeah. So what are your, so what are some of your core values that you operate, you know, your family under or your life or your businesses under? Yeah. My life motto is like safety third. <laughs> safety third. Safety, safety third. third. What? what are the first two? Fun first, okay. fun second, and then safety third. Like that's my <laughs> life, my motto. My my internet Wi-Fi is safety third. Did I saw that. that. Yeah, I did see that. Wi-Fi. <laughs> can you explain safety third? Like how did it's you just, com- how did you come to this? It's just some dumb thing that I started saying, like you know, to take risks and yeah. to to get out there and make things happen. But it's kind of hard to marry that with like when you when you become an adult, you have kids and you've got employees and stuff. I can't just be like super risky, right? Yeah. Safety third with your employees. Safety third. Yeah. Uh, that's an OSHA violation. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, core values. I did this exercise with my business coach. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know what it is off the top of my head. <laughs> no, personally, like, what do you operate under for core values? I for mean, core values? Yeah. Um, I know you did the exercise. Did you ever go with gary harper's company to do that no or? not gary harper i i've been working with uh, a maps coach okay. with keller williams yeah yeah for just over a year now yeah and just getting some like structure in order to my business my life all of that stuff um uh, in what way has your real estate business has grown since you start doing it full-time like what's that progression look like i know like we were hitting like a major bull market for like the last two years and then things are pulling back but yeah what was that journey like um i was like all over the place yeah. before and to have the weekly accountability of somebody who is holding you to certain standards and uh goals metrics all of that stuff was really all that i needed right i, I didn't like i didn't like school i didn't like doing homework but there was something about when it was uh, directed towards my business and my business growth. It was something that really I really thrived under. So, yeah, to just put a framework to even setting annual goals and then breaking that down to quarterly goals and then breaking those down to every month. Like, what are we trying to accomplish this month? And then it was breaking it down by week and then by day. Like, what are the biggest things that I need to do today that are moving my business forward? For so many, so many of us just say like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. But if you're not actually breaking that down and creating an action plan to get that done, they're just ideas, right? Yeah. So she helped me take it from concept, breaking it down to actually like the daily work that I need to be doing to make sure that my business is moving forward. So some of that's a checklist. Um, some of that's like weekly tasks that we're just knocking out to make sure that we're one step closer to working that on an annual level. And there's like nothing sexy about it sometimes. Yeah. You think like, I'm going to be an investor and passive income and like (laughs) all the cool things, but man, a lot of it's just like boring business system stuff. But you, after a year or so of doing that, you look back and you're like, holy cow, we, we've done so much. We've progressed so much because 
there's that daily and weekly accountability that we have to be working on those things. So um, if you're struggling and if you're stuck in that, like you don't feel like your business is moving forward, you probably just need some accountability. Somebody who's going to work with you to break down where you want to go and kind of reverse engineering it to uh, daily steps, I guess. Are you more of a visionary or integrator for your business? I would say visionary. Yeah. And I'm really good at starting things, but not so good at like following <laughs> through on the back end. <laughs> so, yeah. Who Ec- follows good, through on the things that you start? Good at executing, good. but the follow through is sometimes not that great. Um, I've got a, uh, I hired a guy f- four months ago who's, he's my dispo manager mm-hmm. and he's doing some like business development stuff with me. So there are some things that really give me life that I enjoy doing, but there are other things like that just drive me crazy. So I'll be like, Hey Devin, can you, can you take over for yeah. me on this? And he'll be like, I got you, man. I got you. So it's good. It's good to have help. Yeah. What do you like to do in your business currently? Like what gives you life? Yeah. I would say the most life-giving thing for me is going on appointments, man. Yeah. Getting the deal, structuring the deal, making it happen. Like finding an opportunity, land development, or whatever it is, putting all those pieces together, getting it under contract, getting it to closing and being like, we did it, we made it happen, right? So like that that hunt is what's really fun for me and negotiating with people, the back and forth, being in the living room, like that's, that's really fun. So I do, I, I like to go on appointments as often as I can. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's my business partner too. It was just like him and I, when we started, uh, since February of this year and I was like, Oh, we need a visionary and an integrator. <laughs> we don't have an integrator like who <laughs> literally he's just josh pointed that this out to me earlier this week he was like jesse you're like a visionary but then kenny's a hustler <laughs> like we have a hustler and we have a visionary it's like yeah, right isn't that like one of the like two of the same thing almost yeah and it's like wow y'all try to build some systems but these systems kind of suck <laughs> <laughs> so it's like how do you build your systems how do you go about doing that and like doing that integrator work is just Devin helping you out a lot with that or yeah I mean now that now that I've got a team like employees yeah for the longest time it was just I just do it like you just you just do it something just needs grind to be done. it out you just do it you grind it you hustle it but now that there are more people involved it has to be clearly written out so we hit this realization or I hit this realization like earlier this year like if i don't map this out and create the process and set the expectation it's not going to happen and if we don't create a measurement or a kpi that's associated with that that's like a success metric it's not going to happen so part of that is why we've been really diligent with okay we can't accurately measure this stuff on podio that we're at right now yeah so it's like okay we're going to get salesforce we're going to develop our Salesforce system to be able to track specific things. So it's almost like we're taking business operations and plugging it in, building our CRM around that, right? So it's creating a little bit more organization, a little bit more structure to it. That's a long process to get all of that stuff done. And that's the stuff that I talk about. There's nothing sexy about that. Like <laughs> yeah. guys like Gary Harper with Sharper, like he may, 
he may be really excited and he may geek out about that. But I mean, I just like phase out. Like my eyes get blurry. He did the first presentation in SCG. And I was like, that was a lot, Gary. Yeah. That was crazy. He's a master of his craft. But another guy, he just does what he does with excellence. He's really, really good. So what does like your long-term vision, what, what are some of the things you still want to accomplish in your life? Or how are you still personally developing? I think the personal development thing is something that you'll do for the rest of your life. If you're not constantly growing, then you're probably just sliding backwards. Yeah. So, uh, obviously making the, the financial sacrifice of, of being in masterminds and going through courses, reading books, listening to podcasts, there's always something to develop. There's so much information out there that it's hard to prioritize what to listen to. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, just continuing to be disciplined, waking up every morning, spending time in the word, um, and having those success metrics, like, cause there's a, there is a, a column in our, uh, our goal stuff. That's not, it's not just business related. Like there is a personal column in there too. It's like, I want to be able to spend time each week one-on-one with my kids and, you can you can say stuff like that all you want, but yeah. do you actually you're like I'm actually gonna put that on my calendar every week. It's like gonna be a calendar reminder to do that every week, right? Yeah. There's some weeks that I miss, mm. um, but yeah, there's there's you're not going to be able to have a system for for development and growth unless you you have um, something that you're tracking it with. Yeah. So one thing that I did do is. Um, Brandon Turner actually mentioned this a long time mm-hmm. ago. Is he had it's a vivid vision. Mm-hmm. I don't know what book. I love that book. Is it's that, it's called so vivid, vivid vision. It, yeah. Is that what it is? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Cameron Harold, I think. Okay, yeah. cool. So I wrote up a vivid vision maybe three years ago that was like it's a newspaper article. Dude, tell us about your vivid vision. <laughs> Dude, tell, Brandon's was sick and he did it in like one year or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um I wrote it three years ago. It's it's a newspaper article that I wrote about my company and a little bit about me. And it was like seven years down the road, right? And it was like it was kind of like a summary of what everything I wanted my life to look like that I could see seven years down the road. Um, there's business stuff in there, like personal stuff, like just want to go surfing more, you know, things like that. But that's kind of been like my framework of what I'm working things off of. Right. So I sent that to my business coach. She read it and she's like, you know, those are things that we kind of base our, uh, growth off of. But, but yeah, it's, it's long, dude. I, I don't, I can't like spout it off my memory, but do you have it on your phone? Could you read like the first paragraph or something? Briefly. Yeah. 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 So the, the, the article date is December 24th, 2027. Okay. And, um, this I show this everybody that's come in that's worked for me. I only have two stateside employees and I've got two overseas, but everybody that I've shown this to, it's like, I want you to read this. And if this isn't the kind of company that you want to work for, then I want you to say that now. Like, <laughs> let's, not, let's not get in. Like, like there's mention of a team in here, like, but yeah, so um It's long. I, don't, I couldn't read the whole thing, but I'll read, I'll read the first paragraph. I would love that. Yeah. Um, 
from janitor to real estate mogul in just 10 years. When you look behind the scenes of a $20 million real estate operation, you'd expect to see a lot more than what we saw at the Straight Path Real Estate office. There's no fancy office. You're not greeted by a receptionist. There's no expensive cars in the parking lot or fancy furniture in the boardroom. Actually, there's no office at all. Every member of the team works from home or is in the field. Everyone knows their role. Everyone is dedicated to the vision. And everyone puts their head down and gets their work done each week. Um, obviously, I need to update that because I want to get an office now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that's well, the first paragraph. What about like culture? Like what else do you speak about in the culture that makes it very apparent? Like, hey, if you don't think you want to work at this company, let me know now. Like, I've got a paragraph to that. All right. With the dedication to being faithful in the little things and viewing their work as worship, the team at Straight Path Real Estate tackles the daily task with ease and with excellence. It's almost like it doesn't seem like work at all. There's a real sense of enjoyment in what they do. There are three people part of the Straight Path team, and each of them would be considered the best at what they do. The team works a 30-ish hour a work a week work schedule. Nobody tracks vacation time, and they spend a good amount of time each year on company outings and trips. This team looks more like a family than just coworkers. I kind of had a similar vision. Like that 30 or 35 hour like actual work per week thing. Like Brand, I think Brandon started writing that, and I was like, that makes a whole lot of sense because everyone says, oh, on paper, <laughs> I work like 40 to 50 yeah. hours. Weeks. Is, it more looks like 70 to 80 because yeah. always just living, eating, breathing, thinking, just real estate and work and grinding. But it's yeah. like having that type of work-life balance and having other people hold you accountable to is so good. Yep. I think I need to rewrite my vivid vision, but what I have today, I'm like, wow, how much better could it actually get? Cause I'm like working with all my best friends right now. Yeah. And I literally met Josh like in February of this year and nice. then he introduced me to his brother, Caleb. And then like, I have my wife on board. I'm like, dude, this is like the most amazing team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing what you can do when you get like good talent around and you can, you're like unstoppable. Yeah. How have you gone about finding good talent or people who align with this vision that you have? Usually when I get to that point where I'm like, I like, I can't, I'm like overwhelmed. I can't do this more is when I realize like, I, I need like, just hire somebody. I need help. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but usually I, I've been pretty, pretty fortunate that everybody that works for me or works with me uh, has come from our community. So there's been some sort of like maybe one or two degrees of separation that they either have heard about what I'm doing or know what I'm doing. They want to, they want to know more. And it eventually involves into like, yeah, I think that we could actually like you could work for me. Right. Mm, yeah. Um, recently my last hire, I actually put it out there. I was like, Hey, I was, I was looking for like a executive assistant, like office assistant type person. And that eventually evolved into him doing the roles that he's doing dispositions and business development and all that stuff. So sometimes when you find somebody who's got, who's, who's talented and, and you think that they could really like help grow your organization, you know, just make it happen. Yeah. Right. It'll just find a place. Yeah. So what are some of like the top challenges that you deal with today personally and professionally still? Cause it's like, we're all still trying to figure it out, but man, you got so many great things going on in your life. You know, <laughs> is it not always smooth sailing from this point or just like some months it is and then you not. hit, you hit some turbulence or dude, it's not always smooth sailing. I mean, we, there's, there is something always going on. Um, 
especially when you are scaling and you're growing your business, there's just, there's always going to be naturally more problems, right? And the, the biggest challenge that I'm facing right now is we changed our CRM system about four months ago. It's been an absolute nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it was it, like, it would have been easier to just drop a grenade and like, like start over from scratch. Um, and that's taken, it's, it's, it's impacted things like substantially, right? Yeah. Where our follow-up hasn't been what we wanted to because certain things aren't working correctly. Mm. And so that sharp decline from August to September, like coincides with the timing of all of that markets changing a little bit. Um, yeah, there's always, there's always challenges. I've got houses that are sitting on the market. Builds are taking longer than they've been traditionally. It's taking like four or five months to get stuff started now. So there's little hiccups that cause that domino effect in your business that it's just constant iteration of trying to work around that. Yeah. But yeah, the timelines on new builds is is hurting right now. My CRM hurts a lot. But yeah. just you know, just today I was on a call with a developer. We're doing you know working oh, on you that. Oh, you doing main dev? Yeah. So we're gonna spend more money to get our system <laughs> oh <my> working. <laughs> Um, but yeah, those, those are, those are some of the challenges. Are some of these challenges, the same things that you said? I mean, uh, we had that exercise of collective genius, the things that keep us up at night. Are yeah. some of these challenges keeping you up at yeah, night? It keeps, it keeps me up at night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you, it's like you're the lifeblood of your organization, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's follow up. It's how you're tracking things, right? It's functional. It works, but there's tons of room for improvement, but yeah, for sure. So what are some of the things that you'd love to not like aside from the CRM, but um, what are some of the things in your life or your organization that you would love to see improve or um, see in a better position within the next six months? Um, obviously the, the workplace thing is a big piece of that. Um, I really want to have an office to the culture that I read about in my vivid vision. I don't know if, if we can really develop that fully unless there is an environment that allows us to have camaraderie and accountability with that. Yeah. So that's a big uh, shift that I'm making. Tracking KPIs more diligently. Once we get our Salesforce thing more dialed in, that's going to be huge. Having success metrics, everything integrated in with Salesforce is going to be huge. Um, yeah, those are, those are like the big things. And sometimes it's hard to, even look at things beyond that because the problems that we're dealing with right now are just, yeah, are a little overwhelming, but yeah, there's like a ton of stuff in my whiteboard and on my, my 411 for the next, or my, my template for 2023 things that we want to do. And a lot of that is like, you go to CG and you see all of these people that run really good businesses. And you're like, man, I could take that and plug that into my business. And you're trying to, you're, there's that temptation to, have the shiny object syndrome. Yeah. Especially after like your first meeting. But once you go beyond that, you're like, okay, I have to like stay in my lane. How can I apply this to my business? How can I apply this to my business? So yeah, there's always room for improvement. It's just prioritizing, prioritizing and triaging the things that are the most important to work on first. So what, what is your business primarily? Like, is it mainly new builds and how has that like the cost of materials affected I guess you're underwriting and how you're doing deals now. Yeah, my business is primarily new construction. So we just build spec homes um, all around the Charlotte market. We do fix and flips. 
I buy rentals, building a rental portfolio. Uh, we wholesale as well. So we, I, it's, I spend, I market, like we go direct to seller with a focus on land, everything else, there's opportunity there that you don't want to turn down. Right. So especially having a background in construction, it just makes it a little bit easier to, to do flips. I have an awesome general contractor who's been with me for like four years. Um, but on the cost of materials and stuff, there's definitely been a shift from when I first started doing that in 2019. It's it's just continued to like climb up. And even last year when it was at its peak with lumber prices, it hurt. But the cost of houses was so much higher than what it was normally that it was like, <laughs> okay, this is fine, right? It works yeah. out. So I think like the the difference between the increase in house prices that we were dealing with mm. versus the cost of lumber increases it was like the house increase was like shadowing the lumber costs substantially. Yeah. So I really wasn't worried too much about it. The biggest impact is the delay in materials. Like I've got a flip right around the corner from here that we've had windows on order for like three months and they just keep getting delayed. So that's the only thing that's holding us up from getting this thing on the market. And in that time, like every week that goes by, like interest rates keep climbing up, right? So the, yeah. the value and the sales price of that house keeps, you know, inching down, which is hard. So, yeah, no, definitely. So I know you have four kids and they all have like their own different personality. They they look like they're a lot of fun, dude. They are so fun. Do you ever, like, how are you currently aiming to raise your children? Are you trying to put them, um, on their own path so that they can choose to do whatever they want? Or are you trying to put them more on an entrepreneurial path or like, what's your philosophy when it comes to parenting on parenting? This is, this is another like thing. That's like really great topic. Like we could have a whole nother podcast. Oh, yeah. on this. Whole nother podcast. Yeah. Give, but give us a teaser on it. Yeah. Yeah. Parenting does not come naturally. Yeah. I know a lot of people that have specifically told me like, isn't it, isn't it just kind of in your nature? And it's like, definitely not, right? <laughs> the same level of excellence that we as parents have towards growing our business or developing as, as um, business owners, courses, books, all that stuff. I try to apply that same excellence towards parenting, right? Parenting books, parenting courses, parenting mentorship programs. Because there are parents out there that, They've done it really well. And when you start having kids, you'll notice you'll surround yourself with other families and you're like, I don't like that. <laughs> but you mentioned earlier the top five, like your your circle of influence, especially now being a parent, that there's a lot of that's that's weighted on are my like the the other families, are their kids a blessing, right? One of the biggest it's funny that that correlates in my business, like being a blessing to our community. Like we, we preach that to our kids all the time. It's like, be a blessing, right? Is it, is your actions right now? Is that being a blessing to your sibling? Like, is mm -hmm. that being a blessing to mom and dad? Like when you're screaming at my feet, cause you want something, right? It's not. <laughs> so like being a proactive parent and learning with whatever you can to be able to parent your kids, parent them well, cause they're all different. They're mm -hmm. not all the same. Yeah. One method doesn't work for all of your kids, right? But being on the same page with Christy is to where we're investing in, in parenting. And she reads books way more than I do, which is awesome. But we've got podcasts that we listen to and, and courses that we're going to right now. Like we're in a parenting mentorship program where 
we're just learning whatever we can, right? And a lot of that is biblically based. So we're parenting from the context of, you know, biblical concepts. And that definitely is kind of like a cheat code to. Yeah, that's to amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to come to you after I have kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I hear a lot about how people are investing so much money into their businesses, learning how to be better business people, but then they don't put money into maybe their marriage or they don't put money into learning how to be a better parent yeah. i never even thought about that one i heard about yeah. like investing money into like you know marriage counselor or learning how mm-hmm. you know how to be a better spouse or like learning the love languages and everything but investing into being a better parent I, i've never heard that one yet i just Maybe. hear like whoever you like in terms of their parenting style try to model after them just hear i hang <laughs> yeah, out with absolutely. them for sure but like to go after um, coaching or going after mentorship, that's like a whole nother level of intentional. Yeah. And there's people out there that are really good at it. Yeah. Like, and you surround yourself, you you invite yourself over for dinner. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want my kids to be around your kids. Yeah. You know, because it it's them being surrounded with other kids that are well-behaved and they're being a blessing too. Yeah. So yeah, it's... There's a lot that I'm like, like that you're juggling. Like being an adult is like, it's hard, man. I know, dude. But it sounds like you live a very intentional life, like all around. And I'm not sure if that's always been what you've done, or like when when did you become so? I don't know if it's like when did you become so intentional, but when did you realize like, hey, you need to like care about these things a lot more and like really put your like these things ahead of money or time, whatever else that like people of this world generally value more. Right. Yeah. A lot of that is who you're surrounded with, right. The environments Mm -hmm. that you're in. And I've been fortunate enough to be raised in a, you know, a Christian home, you know, we go to church. Yeah. We're at a great gym. If, if I was like, you know, going out to the club and like, that's true. Going to the casinos or going and sitting at the bar, like, you're not going to get a life-giving um, experience in places like that, mm-hmm. right? You're, I'm not going to be getting parenting advice from the guy who's sitting at the bar, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe you can, mm-hmm. right? But you put your in, put yourself in environments to succeed, and and a lot of that is you don't know what you don't know until you meet somebody and you're like, man, I really love the way that they raise their kids and they they yeah. treat their kids. When we were in India, there was another American family that we were there with. They had four kids and they were amazing. Their kids were so well behaved and it really just like unlocks something in you that you're like, I would love for my kids to be like that. And you're like, how do you, what do you, what do you guys what do, you do about do? this? How do you, how do you, how do you handle this situation and this and this? And I'll still call him. I'll still send him a text wow. and reach out to him. So being really intentional about not accepting like whatever happens to you as um, whatever happens, happens, right? Mm -hmm. Like if, if we just went through this life and our kids just kind of raised themselves and they were terrors and not fun to be with, like you don't know that until you're around kids that are like, they're amazing. They're a blessing. They're fun to be with. Like, I love being with my kids. Like they're so fun to be with. They're so easy to be with. Like I, I literally changed like two poopy diapers, like right before I came down like, <laughs> to do this. Right. But yeah, it's fun. What kind of school are you planning on sending your kids to like private, public homeschool? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
I had such a bad experience with like private school and we're homeschooling our oldest right now. She's the only one who's like in school. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of that we're, we'll figure it out as we go. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to pay for my kid's college. I don't, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'd feel good about that. Did your parents pay for your college? He didn't go to college, right? I went to trade school to be a firefighter. Okay. And I'm sure that they would have helped out and they, they helped out and they helped pay for the trade school, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not there yet. I'm still a couple <laughs> years away from school and college and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I always joke around and like half seriously talked about creating a cohort for like other like-minded parents. Um, like when I have kids, <laughs> not just yeah. like right now, just <laughs> creating like a cohort for other people who may be in similar position, entrepreneurial, but also do not like the public school setting and like, don't necessarily like the private school setting like you have to send your kid to school between really structured hours and mm-hmm. they sometimes don't get the most amount of sleep like i really suffered during high school yeah. only getting like five six hours of sleep it makes no sense yeah right so the school know. system just sets you up for failure yeah it's kind of messed up yeah i say that we don't know but i mean we are homeschooling right now mm-hmm. yeah and it takes two or three hours okay. to do a full day's worth of school work yeah you know yeah and the rest of it, it's like, hey, helping do the dishes or, you know, doing stuff around the house. So a lot, I think we're, we're, we would prioritize more like life experience and being involved in the community and starting your own business. Like, like you learn so much in the business world and there's a lot of school that could just be like, yeah thrown out man and yeah. you could, you could pay them their $12,000 a year tax That's deductible true, yeah. and then I'll take that. it's, it's like literally the kid doesn't need to pay taxes on that money and you get a deduction against your business. Right, yeah, <laughs> they're helping out. <laughs> Dude, that, that'd be my boss. oldest. My oldest, we, uh, Christy helped her start this business where she makes bracelets and my wife sent it out on her Instagram stories and it was like, she was crushing it. She had to what? shut down the orders because she had so many people and they're like five bucks for these little like gold and, you know, white bracelets. Couldn't <laughs> give up, man. But that's pretty cool. Like starting from a young age just to see the value of like, hey, you, you spend time doing this and then, the exchange, like you give somebody a bracelet that they enjoy and yeah, they give yeah. you money for and you it. Get, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. So who's doing the homeschool teaching? My wife is. Yeah. Yeah. You guys need to hire somebody for that. That's why I thought about she the cohort thing. It. Oh, she enjoys it. Even when it becomes like four kids all at different places. Well, I don't know. We'll take, That'd it, be crazy. we'll take it year by year. That'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to jump in and help too whenever mm-hmm. my time frees up a little bit more to be involved that way. But yeah, she loves it. She really That's enjoys awesome. it. awesome. So what's one of the big things that maybe we could help you with or find somebody who we can connect you with in order to move the needle forward in your life in any capacity? Oh, gosh. That's a great question. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to phase, I guess you could call it scaling up to more uh, small to medium-sized developments. Mm-hmm. So we have a, a couple townhome projects that we're doing that I'm planning on keeping and looking at portfolios of properties, things like that. So taking it from like that one house at a time, doing the burr thing, it's just slow, it's arduous, it takes a long time to scaling up to that next phase of commercial and you know larger property asset accumulations, portfolios. So yeah, if there's anybody that's doing that, 
at a high level, I'd love to talk and yeah, learn more and see if there's opportunities for us to JV or partner on things. So, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. What type of blanket advice would you give to people who are, you know, trying to go about the entrepreneurial journey or trying to go about that mindset shift or trying to, you know, get out of the rut of where they are currently in their life. You can't take ownership of it. There is so much power in the ability to want to do something, to create an action plan, break it down and do it. And whether that be if you're stuck in a rut, you can't, you're not going to the gym or whatever it is, <laughs> right? Yeah. Setting a goal and just taking it day by day and developing that diligence to do that, that, that slow daily progress doesn't seem like much, but you look back a year or two, five years down the road, that point of zero to one has become like, you know, 10, 15, 20, right? It's the, the gap in the gain. Have you read yeah. that that book? Yeah, it's just what can I do today? Today that's going to take me from zero to one. It's mm -hmm. easy to sit back and compare yourself to all of these influencers on social media and YouTube, and you can get lost because you're like, man, I'm not on Ryan Pineda's level, or I'm not doing what this guy's doing. I'm not Grant Cardone. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Grant Cardone's doing his game, right? Yeah. But yeah, you just got to go from zero to one. Like, what's that zero to one step if you're stuck? I think that's so good because I think except that first day at Collective Genius when I say dominate the downturn, I think the really big lesson across the entire week or the main theme was zero to one. Yeah. How do you get to zero to one in anything? Yeah. Right. Because everyone's thinking about going from zero to a hundred. It's yeah. like, it doesn't work like that. I was in, I was in Jimmy's room the whole time and he's, he's big on the, the gap in the gain book. And it was, there was many times where I was mentioned, all right, guys, so the zero to one on this is doing this, right? That, that, that's that first step. Like, let's go from zero to one. And then you're like, okay, we've made progress. So. It's awesome. Yeah. So if our listeners were to reach out, get a hold of you, ask any questions or help you out and um, talk to you more about commercial development or real estate to any capacity, how could they get a hold of you? You can follow me on Instagram at Josh Swart. There's no Z on it. It's not Swartz. It's Swart. <laughs> uh, yeah, find me on there. Shoot me a DM and we can uh, talk from there. I'd love to help out. Dude, thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you. Thanks giving for giving us your time here. and allowing yeah. us to stay here tonight. You've been yeah, amazing, dude. dude. This has been such a blessing to have you on as a guest honestly like we were just driving up from florida had no real plan had no really? <laughs> honestly honestly yeah we were just driving back to yeah. delaware hopping on 95 yeah this is like when you hop on 95 you can literally get up like up and down the east coast we're just yeah. like oh we'll just go until we find something that's so and cool. then we send a couple people a message and it's like oh, what if we stop in charlotte <laughs> nice so it's cool how that works out yeah, yeah. god has his hand and it's like had a pulse on the entire situation. That's cool. I was like, this has been awesome, yeah. dude. Thank you so much for everything. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. This has been the Not Genius Podcast signing off. Peace.